and welcome to yet another episode of the Timothy Holcomb Sports Show, now on Anchor and Spotify. This week we're going to talk a little college football from this past weekend and going into week three of this upcoming season, break down a few games, and then we'll get into NFL action and talk a little bit about the you know, kind of same format with some of the games from week one and then going into week two. But first, before we do anything else, I want to introduce my new co-host. Mr. James Figueroa, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, Tim. Uh, it's an honor to be here. You might recognize me from the college football preview show that we did mm-hmm. uh, just a few weeks back, and hopefully this become mm-hmm. more of a regular thing. So, great to be here. Yeah, I thought you did a good enough job, and I was like, hey, I need to have that guy on the show. You know? I appreciate so, it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. So, But and as some of our listeners know, t- today in which we are recording the podcast is 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, 18 years ago today, we all remember where we were, or, you know, how, you know, for you and I, we were very, very little. I was yeah. four years old. Uh, how old were you? Uh, I would have been three, almost four. Three, yes. So, yeah, it's it's crazy how time flies, you know. We're not, I'm now 22, 21, correct? Yeah. 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 And But I, I remember all the stories that my parents used to tell about how kind of the world was kind of just kind of stopped here in America. You, you, nobody felt safe, and it's yeah. just, and it's, but it's how we came together on that day. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you wish we'd come together now, and you know, 19, right. 18 years later. I was just talking with a gentleman this morning who uh, was telling me that there was he was working with a company who had a big office up in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It was on the 36th floor of a, of a building, and he said even down in Charlotte, everyone that was in that building just cleaned house after that. No one, there was just fear everywhere on the 11th. Mm-hmm. So no, much unknown. Yeah, there was so much that was unknown. You had no idea how many planes were going to be there. He said at the second attack was he said probably even more shocking than the first attack because it was like an hour and a half later than the first attack so by then you thought well okay first of all you're shocked by what was already happened right but then so much time has passed and all of a sudden it happens again um and he mentioned too on the 12th he said the 12th everyone was just filled with patriotism there was so much unity here um hopefully we can get back to that someday soon i completely agree well Let's start this show off on the sports part with a little bit of recap of college football from week two. The couple of the big games, the two big games I thought were Clemson and Texas A&M and LSU and Texas. Clemson came away with a 24-10 victory. It really, it wasn't even that close. Yeah, Trevor missed a couple throws and really could have been a complete blowout. And it, Kellen Mond ended up throwing for over 230 yards, I believe it was. And but most of that was in garbage time when the game was already in hand. And he did not have a good game. No, he, he was off. His throws were just not crisp at all, man. Yeah, it just yeah. he, he just did not look great at all. But um, Clemson, you know, Trevor looked good at times. You know, they they. they Put 17 of their 24 up in the second quarter. You know, Lawrence threw for 268 yards, a touchdown, and, and a pick. You know, haven't been impressed with his play so far. Only two touchdowns and three interceptions through two games. Mm-hmm. So not kind of looking like you know living up to the hype of you know, the Heisman build that he was getting in preseason. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is just off to a slow start. And we see we see it in leagues all over the world, no matter what sport it is that. After going so far in the postseason, there's sometimes a little bit of a hangover. Um, and with a team like Clemson, who truly is so far ahead of the rest of the college football pack, especially the teams that they play this year, mm-hmm. there's not there's not an urgency. Last year there was an urgency. They weren't the defending national champions. They had been beaten and battered in the playoffs by Alabama. They had a point to prove. This year, everyone knows they're the best. I think there might be a little bit of pressure that's uh, been taken off the team. Dabo has got to find a way to restore that. I believe that he will, but he's got to find a way to restore that sense of urgency back to this team. He kind of had a little help whenever that Texas A&M offensive lineman guaranteed they were going to go into Death Valley and upset the Tigers. Yeah. Clearly, that's now on the freezing cold takes page. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, again, Clemson comes away with a victory, a 14-point victory. You know, know, once once Clemson got going in the second quarter, the result of the game really never was in question. Yeah, it was a great showing for Clemson's defense more than anything. Oh, for sure, for sure, very. And, and very I think impressive. a big reason why many people believe that Clemson will repeat as national champions. They've got a good shot. I just uh, there's nothing really at this point. To, um, of course, Alabama and Georgia in the preseason in our preseason show, I actually picked Georgia to beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. I I still think Georgia has a way better chance to beat uh, Clemson than Alabama does. Yeah, that's my opinion. Just because you know, if you've seen the, uh, Georgia's offensive line. The, did you know that the average weight for an NFL uh, offensive lineman uh, average mm-hmm. is 318 pounds? The average for Georgia's is 328. 
Yeah, it, that's insane. They are huge, and this if there's anybody that's going to be able to thwart Clemson up front, yeah. and, you know, take away that edge, it's Georgia. Well, not to mention their defensive line as well. Also, very, very talented. Yeah, and, I, and I'd like to point out, you know, yes, last week in my picks for last week, before we go any further, I was two and three, but I was so close on my upset pick last week. I I said Army was going to beat Michigan. Oh, I was so close. Yeah, that was a, that was an agonizing oh. game. If you're just a college football neutral, much like the uh, Florida State Louisiana Monroe game, which of course ULM oh, takes man. it to OT. They Florida State gets a touchdown. ULM responds with a quick touchdown. I mean, they blaze through that Florida State defense, mm-hmm. only for the kicker to miss the point after. Freaking kickers! My, my goodness, man! I just have no patience for a kicker at that level that can't make those kicks. Yeah. Come on! <laughs> Tell that to the Jets kicker <laughs> on from Sunday. Whenever he botched, you know, missed an extra point and a field goal for the Jets, they waved well, them the next day. <laughs> Well, so it, same it's, thing happened with Indianapolis. Adam Vinatieri, oh, a seasoned veteran, missed two field goals and an extra point, I believe. That's why it happens. It does yeah. happen, but still, like it's like what is going on? Kickers. The Colts ended up losing in overtime mm-hmm. because a three missed kick. <laughs> they would have won the game against the Chargers in San. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite adjusted to that. Yeah, we're, yeah, year two. We, we got to get there, man. Come <laughs> on, come on. <laughs> but then, um, the other big game of the night, game day was there. Number six LSU, number nine Texas. What a great game. Yeah, LSU came out on top, 45-38. Yeah, yeah, for all the talk about DBU, LSU, Ellinger lit, lit him up. <laughs> he was 31 of 47 for 401 yards and four touchdowns. I think that's a, that's a great testament to, to him uh, and to Texas as a whole. That mm-hmm. that Texas team is good. LSU LSU's an elite team. Yeah, yes. Oh, you know, now that their offense is in the 21st century, yes, yeah. because Joe Burrow, you know, I told you um, Ellinger threw for 401 yards. Burrow threw for 471 yeah. and four touchdowns and a pick. I mean, LSU's finally got a quarterback for the first time in about a decade. Yeah. You know, and, man, I love the job Ed Orgeron's doing. I, I just – I love Ed Orgeron. Yeah. It's a man too. too. I do too. <laughs> I love the guy, and I he's brought LSU – you know, from where they were, where they strictly were defense. Offense yeah. was kind of, you know, just lingering around. They didn't really do much. To now, they put up 40, 45 points on Texas and looked very good offensively. Yeah. So, again, very impressive from LSU. I went wrong. I picked Texas, and it was a very good game. I was close, but ultimately LSU surprised me with their offense. I knew t- Texas, you know, you know, they have the, big def- the best defense in the Big 12. But I, you know, I know that's not very hard to do. Yeah. But again, I thought they were going to pose a little bit more of a challenge than what they did. But ultimately, LSU comes out on top and looked very impressive offensively. You know, defensively, you know, not so much. Yeah. But yeah. again, regardless, they came out and they went to Texas and came out with a victory. So, see there now. Talk a little bit about the power rankings after. Uh, week two, I still have Clemson number one. I have Alabama number two. Um, I have to go with Oklahoma at three and Georgia at four, and LSU right at five. Okay, that's where I ha- that's where I have you know, top five right now. I, I just Clemson because I don't think there's really anybody kind of close to them right now. No Ohio State. I have I, I have them at uh, six. Have them at six. Okay. I have them at six. I have them just outside the top five. They're close. Fields looked good in week one. Yeah, he looked okay this past week against Cincinnati. But yeah, I, I, I still think they're going to have a good year. And I think that right now, and this is not what I think is going to happen. This is yeah. what I. Uh, this is right now. I believe LSU is better than Ohio State at the moment. So, uh, so I believe you. So now I want to go over picks for week three. You have those for me. Uh, picks for week three, I do. All right, so we've got Florida State playing UVA. I think that one is a clear choice. Even though UVA is only a seven-point favorite, I say UVA wins that by double digits. And that game's in Charlottesville or in Tallahassee? It is in Charlottesville. I, give me Virginia all day. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's actually a really good team, and Florida State is actually a really bad team. Really? I mean, a really bad like team. Putrid. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they, I feel bad. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, apparently, you know, you know, hydration's their problem down there in Tallahassee. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. A lot it, yeah, it goes a lot deeper than the, the hydration problem. Yeah, um, and teams that don't have hydration problems play in the next game. We got Oklahoma uh, versus UCLA. Oklahoma's a twenty-four point favorite, roughly, mm-hmm. and I think that they could easily beat UCLA yeah, by. This one's points. not m- more of who's going to win because we know Oklahoma's going to. win. 
It's going to be how bad? Oh, what's the line on that game? Uh, it was 20, about 24 points. That is way too little. <laughs> yeah. UCLA's 0-2 and has not looked good at all. Like no. they, this, the UCLA lost to Cincinnati, and then you, Cincinnati got shut out by Ohio State the next week. Yeah, which actually, that shocked me, by the way. Yeah. I was surprised that the game was that much of a blowout. Yeah, and, and I just, you know, Oklahoma, I feel it might win by probably 30-plus yeah. easily. I mean, even though it's in Los Angeles. That just, Don't matter. Yeah, it's not enough for me to Don't even matter. have any faith that UCLA will put up a fight. Yeah, Chip Kelly has just not looked good so far in his tenure at UCLA. Yeah, totally. All right, moving on then, we've got uh, Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State is a 16.5-point favorite over there. Um, but Indiana is a team that they, over the past uh, few years, have, they've actually had a few close games. They have. They have. And you said it's at, at Indiana? It's at Indiana. And, 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 yep, I think Ohio State wins, but not by 16. I say take the under on that. See, I think this time Ohio State actually finally turns that around. Their really four times so. against Indiana. I say they beat Indiana by about 21 points. Could be. I, I, I say Ohio State wins by about 10. Okay. All right, and then we got Pitt at Penn State. It's actually a, a really intriguing matchup. Uh, Penn State is a 17-point favorite in this one. Of course, it's at Penn State. We got a yeah. new kickoff. I'm taking Penn State, but not by 17. I'm actually going to take Penn State, but by 27. Oh, okay. I, I, just because I, I – Feel like you know Pitt does have the chance to stay in this game. I just don't think they will. Yeah, I, I just I don't think they have what it takes. Then again, uh, I just think Penn State overall is as a team better this year than what they were. You know, and you know, post Saquon. Yeah, right. Well, and post Miles Sanders too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Maryland, who are coming off of their absolute blow out their hammering of Syracuse, Syracuse, sixty-three to twenty, which was another shock, and really just that right there goes to show what an opportunity Liberty had in Week One to be that upset. I know you called Liberty to beat Syracuse. Yeah, I had that as an upset pick, but once I saw Hugh Freeze was coaching in a hospital bed, I said, "Oh crap!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said, "This is not going to turn out well." Yeah, and so I was right. This is the Syracuse game last week. Really showed us one. Syracuse is not good. They that was a ripe upset pick, and two Liberty is just really, really bad. Yeah, in fact, that Maryland's actually got a chance to really contend in that Big Ten as well. Yeah, which is which is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we got a lot of we got a lot of good teams in that conference this year, um, comparably, you know, comparably right, to, right, to right. past years anyway. For sure, for sure. Um, so I'm I'm going to take Maryland in that one. Maryland's a seven point favorite, and I see no reason to believe why Maryland would win by less than that. Or Temple wins that game. I don't. I don't yeah, think yes, yeah, this game is um, a neutral field. I believe it's a flag uh, field in uh, Washington. Yes, I, I know it's at yeah. an NFL stadium. Um, yeah, I like Maryland. Uh, I mean, until they show that they can't score. I mean, even if I mean the offense, defense looks really good, mm-hmm. and. So even though it's neutral field, it is still very close to home. I'm giving me Maryland. Yeah. Uh, well, and then we got Stanford taking on UCF, the defending back-to-back national champions. Oh, uh, UCF is a seven. Shots and a half, fired. UCF is a seven and a half point favorite mm-hmm. uh, over Stanford. Seven and, and a half. Seven and a half. Okay, then, yeah, Stanford is coming off that loss to U- U- USC. You know, with yeah. their backup freshman quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and that was a bad loss. It was a very bad loss. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to lose my faith in Stanford totally just yet. I think they could put up a fight in this one, potentially win it. And honestly, with this game I, being a seven half line, I think that's a little low. I think UCF in Orlando, in Orlando, I think they take down Stanford by more than two touchdowns. Oh, do you really? Yes. So and you don't it, give Stanford much of a shot then. No, no. I, I think they have a shot to keep it close early, but I think UCF breaks away late. I just have that much confidence in UCF, UCF you know, as a program, yeah. getting the job done. Yeah, and I, I will give you, I don't think Stanford's as good as maybe people think, just given the name Stanford, Stanford football. This team showed last week they're not a very good team. Right, very much so. And, you know, and then their week one, you know, not maybe as impressive, but their offense just – even in their win against Northwestern, the offense looked putrid. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing there for, in my opinion, for Stanford to be able to even keep up with the Knights of UCF. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, moving on. We've got Arizona State uh, at Michigan State. Michigan State is a 14-point favorite, and I think that deservedly so. Mich- really? I do. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, I, I'm, you don't like Herm Edwards? Oh, I, I love Herm Edwards. I mean, I mean, I mean, as a coach, you don't, you don't, you don't think he's going to be a shot to get this done? They almost did it last year. They, they did, they did, but uh, yeah, no, I'm not buying, I'm not buying it this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm, I am, I'm buying it. Really? I, I think Arizona State wins this year. Oh. Oh, so not only will Michigan State not be able to cover the spread, you say that Arizona State actually wins the game? I do. I believe the Fighting Herm Edwards will win. Okay. They, they completed the upset last year, and I think they do it again this year. Okay. What about uh, 19 ranked Iowa taking on Iowa Ooh. State? Now, that's a great game. Very good game. Iowa is a two-and-a-half point favorite. I mean, yeah, that's kind of low lines. In, call, in college, when it's that kind of low, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's more of a toss-up. I mean, it's really more oh, yeah. the home team. Who'd you say was the home? The home team is Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah, give me Iowa State. I'm going Iowa. Interesting. Well, reason, sir? Well, I just I, – maybe call it a gut feeling. I just think that Iowa's defense is going to be able to keep them in the game a little more than Iowa State's defense will. That's what it comes down to for me. Because like you said, it's, it's basically a toss-up. Um, there's not a lot of hard facts and data that I can use to say one way or another definitively, hey, this team has the upper hand, aside from the home field advantage Correct. that Iowa State has. But in this case, to say Iowa is just able to overcome that and win this game. And, and, but that, that home field advantage that you speak of, I've heard some people say that it's almost worth like a, a full touchdown just to be at home. Oh, maybe it is. So I, 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 yeah, that's what I, I hear from people, and I'm like, we watch these games, and it's just it's just different when you play at home, and that's why yeah. I feel, especially this rivalry between you know two in-state opponents that play every year, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be it's going to come down to who's at the, the home team, and Iowa State being home this year, I think they pull it up, they pull it out. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Washington State taking on Houston? Ooh, what's the line for that one? This one has Washington State as an eight and a half point favorite. I kind of got to. I, I believe I got to believe that line. Yeah. I, I think Washington State because will win this game, and because Houston's defense did not look good. Yeah, they play. They played Oklahoma week one. Defense looked bad. They look real bad. No, Oklahoma's and, good, but yeah. they look. I mean, they look real bad. Yeah, Jalen Hurts had over five hundred total yards by himself. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> so, not a big Jalen Hurts guy myself. I, I should say. I, oh, yeah, you've made that pretty clear to me. We'll yeah. get into that in a little bit. Why, whether or not you, if you believe um, in certain quarterbacks, but for, for Houston, you know, you know, looking bad against Oklahoma, and then we all know what Army did to him last year in the bowl game. Putting up a big old 70 spot on him. Well, that's the thing. Houston has not really looked that impressive since early 2018. Right. Uh, Ever since uh, Coach left to take over at Texas, they just have not looked the same. Yeah. So I'm I'm also – I'm with you, Tim. I'm going to take Washington State uh, as an eight-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going to say they win by more than that. All right. Fair. Next up, we have Alabama. Coming down to Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina to take on the University of South Carolina Fighting Gamecocks. Alabama's a 25-and-a-half point favorite, and I say that Alabama barely misses out on covering that spread. Really? Yeah, this is really, honestly, the first true game for Ryan Holinsky. That last, oh, week, yeah. last week, I mean, he might as well play you know, a little peewee Team from you know right around the you know the neighborhood. Yeah, I mean it was awful. When was the last time South Carolina put up seventy on anybody? Uh, I can't remember off the top. of my I head. mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, like the, South Carolina. Yeah, they they look good, but then Charleston Southern is just that bad because Charleston Southern, while they played FCS opponent Furman, a good FCS team, yeah, Furman absolutely. If Furman beats them by. Thirty-three points. Yeah, South Carolina should put up seven. Well, and then of course, Furman the next game had a monumental collapse against uh, Georgia State. Yeah, they almost beat an FBS school, man. So yeah. close to team that beat Tennessee week one. Yeah, yeah, but then they they collapse. So that that makes uh, Charleston Southern look even less impressive. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very much so. But then I, I believe in Furman. I believe Furman actually. That's my potential upset for week. Or well, not. Yeah, I'm not picking it. I'm well, saying it's possible. I believe Furman can stay in the game against Virginia Tech this week to the end. Well, Old Dominion almost they, – they held their own against Virginia Tech again. Of course, they beat Virginia mm-hmm. Tech last year. Right. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say if Virginia Tech beats Furman, that is my upset pick of the week, that Virginia Tech <laughs> beats Furman. With the state of that okay. program right now, that's where I'm going. This oh, week. my goodness. Okay. That, that, calm yourself over there. That's not an upset yet. Um, 
But anyway, they, I'm, I'm just saying that's one to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. Possible FCS, FBS kind of upset this week. Just saying, keep an eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I would love to say that South Carolina truly is my upset pick of the week, but I, I see approximately 0% chance that South Carolina is able to do anything against Alabama. I say they lose by 21 or 24. Um, but I, I, I will say, like you said, this is Ryan Helensky's first true start mm-hmm. against a good football team. And um, I do think he'll do better than Jake Bentley would. Really? At this point, I mean, you saw, you saw the reactions on social media from the South Carolina Gamecock fans, many of whom were celebrating Jake Bentley's injury, which, of course, we found out after the fact happened in the locker room after the game because he kicked a locker. Mm-hmm. Which, if that's how he gets hurt, that's what takes him off the field. The coaches got lucky that that happened because the coaches needed to make a decision, hey, we got to pull this guy. And that was not going to be an easy decision by any means, especially given that Jay Bentley's dad is on staff, on the coaching staff. The yeah, being a four-year starter. Yeah. You know? uh, but, he, but it was a move that, honestly, at this point, needed to be made. You it, can't it, lose North Carolina in, in this type of year. It, of all years, when your schedule is this tough, you can't lose to a team that you're supposed to beat by two touchdowns. No, no, so no, no. It was the right move. Exactly. I mean, between Joyner and Helensky, I mean, there's absolutely no reason to, to keep on with Jake Bentley. Right, and what better way to develop Olinsky than if throw him into totally. if, if he can handle the schedule this year, the next three years are going to be a breeze compared. <laughs> oh, totally. And um, and one other thing too that I think we've learned since mm-hmm. since that first game that uh, South Carolina lost to North Carolina uh, when they blew that big lead. North Carolina is actually a better football team than I think many people realized. I mean, shoot, Mac Brown, man. Uh, he, Heck of a coach, man. What can you say? <laughs> I mean, if he can take North Carolina, what they were two and nine last year, and in their first two games they already have two wins this year yeah. against yeah. an SEC and an ACC school. I mean, and not just man. an SEC and ACC school, South Carolina and Miami. It's not like little mm-hmm. push no, schools. No. It's not like you play, you know, Vandy and Syracuse. You know, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> For, yeah, yeah, this year Syracuse. Yeah, this year Syracuse. Yeah. Yes, not, not the past. You know, I, I get you. I get you. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, very impressed with Mac Brown. I, I believe that honestly might be the toughest game left on Clemson's schedule. Okay. Yeah, I, I go because oh, they, they go to Chapel Hill. Yeah. Yeah. The way they've looked so far, it looks like I mean nothing. I mean Debo hasn't matched up against Mac Brown before. Yeah. So I think that could be a potential upset for Clemson. But uh, other than that, I'm the, right now. You know. Clemson, Clemson doesn't have another ranked opponent. South Carolina's got a ton of them. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I I think they keep it close. I say if this game was later in the year, I didn't. I don't. I don't think South Carolina would have a shot. But right now, oh, really. Mm-hmm, but right now, I think they've got a shot. And if Helensky is on point, and you know, you know, I say, sir, you've seen inspiration from his brother and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know. As a, not exactly a South Carolina fan, but I still think that would be amazing if he could play out that game and oh, play out totally for his brother. Yeah. So, and, I, and I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, I, I'm definitely rooting for the guy. You know, I mean, who wouldn't be? You know? yeah. this, this guy's got a cool story, and I'm, I'm rooting for him. Now, I don't think they beat Alabama. I think I'd say they lose uh, 38-28. 38, okay. I, so. I, I don't believe the hype around Alabama's defense. They yeah. play Duke, who just lost their quarterback. Yeah. And you know, other than that, it's really not much of a team. Well, last week they played New Mexico State, right? Yes. I mean, New Mexico State is a team that uh, was losing games last year to Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on now. Yeah, not really good team. And then they, they clobbered them, 62 to 10. Yeah. But it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, South Carolina Charles Southern. Kind of like a warm-up game yeah. going into it. So, yeah. I mean – We'll find out really what these teams are really made of this this weekend. Yeah, we won't know. We won't know how Alabama's what they're really made of until they play LSU. Once they yeah. play LSU, we'll know. Okay, this team's for real, or this team's not. Right, but, but honestly, I feel like you should reverse that. Like you know, you give Alabama the benefit of the doubt, and we won't know what LSU you is until they play Alabama. I think Texas was a very good indication as to what LSU's made of. They played a very, very good game against a tough team. That's a top ten opponent. Oh, I agree. Going into yeah, Texas. that was my pick. If you remember, to win the Big Twelve this year was Texas. Yeah. So I'm not down and down. I'm just saying in the SEC wise, LSU hasn't beaten Alabama in quite some time, and until they beat them, you know that, that's what LSU is going to be judged by. Unfortunately, yeah. Did you or did you not beat Alabama? True, and I do agree with you in that regard because if if they do lose that game. No SEC championship, no SEC championship, no playoff. Correct. This is a team that need it's it, they need to be in the playoffs. Well, well, I don't remember Alabama won the title just um, two years ago when they didn't even win the West. Yeah, but that's I think Alabama's probably the only team in college football that could get away with that. 
fair point. That's 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 a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, because um, Alabama being the brand that they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're both taking South. Uh, excuse me, Alabama. And you have you have more of a blowout. I have it more of a little bit of a close game, just because I believe I'm going with the kind of storyline. Yeah, I, be- I believe South Carolina can keep it close, and they I think they could repeat what happened in 2010. But ultimately, I think Alabama comes away with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then finally, the last game to uh, to cover this week is number one. The Clemson Tigers mm-hmm. uh, going to Syracuse, which has mm-hmm. last time they played, of course, was a uh, well an interesting game. Uh, last mm-hmm. time they played up in Syracuse, yep. they lost. And yeah, that Friday night game. Man. That Friday night yeah, game. I Deshaun remember. Watson got hurt. No, 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 no Kelly no, Bryant. Yeah, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, Kelly Bryant got hurt. Deshaun left the week um, And then last year, of course, more injuries. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence story. went down. I, something about Syracuse when they play Clemson, they play a little extra. I wouldn't. I don't know about dirty, but they play a little extra cheap. Like you know, last year was kind of Trevor Lawrence's fault. You know, should have gone out of bounds, should have slid either one. Instead, sure. he tries to go head first and got clobbered. Yeah. <laughs> so, but either way, uh, something always happens with Syracuse. You know. Yeah. But to be fair, you know they don't have Eric Dungey anymore as their quarterback. And their defense, I don't know what happened to their defense, but their defense looked pretty good last year, looked abysmal against Maryland. You know, they go from shutting out Liberty Mm -hmm. to giving up 63 to Maryland. Now, this was at Maryland, and this is going to be their first home game of the year. So it's not going to be a blowout because it's the first home game of the year, you know, and they're playing number one team in the country. I mean, they always get up for Clemson. Always, you may, you, know, you may not get up, you know, get up from Maryland on the road for for a noon kickoff, mm-hmm. you know. But this is Saturday prime time, seven thirty ABC. I mean, they're going to be hyped out of their mind, and I, I, that's why I think Syracuse stays in it for a little bit, and then I think Clemson pulls away at the end. I, I believe Clemson wins by somewhere margins about thirty eight seventeen, somewhere in the, mm-hmm. that that realm, maybe forty five seventeen. You know, I think uh, Dino Babers is a point to prove. His team just got blown out last week. Yeah. He has gotten to show the that hey this is this is what my team is made of, this is his this is time to shine, so it's just uh, I think this this game will be a huge reflection on on his ability to manage this this particular team this mm-hmm. this squad that he's got this year. Um, that said, I don't think that they will be able to hold Clemson. I don't think they'll be able to manage. I think Clemson they they start out kind of slow offensively offensively speaking they start out kind of slow more of the passing game yes yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the rushing game has been just outstanding, mm-hmm. but uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to start to get a little more up to speed. That we're, we're three right. weeks into the season now, like time to, mm-hmm. to, for you to step up as well. Right. It kind of yeah. It kind of showed um, Trevor Lawrence probably. I think it was like week five before he really kind of kicked in. It was the second quarter against Wake Forest last year? Yeah. It was like before it really kind of just took off for him because it you know, first few games of the season he looked okay, but he didn't look. Great, but once he finally took over starting position, got accustomed to it, got past the Syracuse game, ultimately started looking more comfortable and more capable as quarterback, and just took off. Yeah, uh, and so this game, Clemson is a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. I say Clemson wins by at least twenty points. I don't think it'll be close at any point in the game. I think really from the off, Clemson just takes the game. See, I I, I disagree with that part because I think. Clemson dominates opponents in the second quarter. I mean, you look at it. They, they put up 17 of their 24 points against A&M in the second quarter. You know, Dabo has his motto. It's it's about you win the game just before halftime and then coming out of the locker room. How you finish the first half and start the second half, that's who determines usually who wins the game. And that's what Clemson does. Like, you know, look at last year. They were a second quarter team. They weren't a first quarter team. They dominated teams in the second quarter. And yeah, they did that to Alabama, put up 17 in the second quarter. Some people say they put up 14 first quarter, but you got to remember, seven of that was from the pick six. Mm-hmm. So the, the Clemson is a big-time second quarter and beginning of the third quarter type team, that that's where they kill you. you know, not so much in the first fourth quarter because they don't usually have to. <laughs> you know, By that time, the game's over with and the backups are in. And, but I don't think – I think the, the starters stay in ultimately until just about the end. I say mid-fourth quarter. I say Chase Bryce comes on to finish this game for Clemson. But, but again, the first quarter, don't be surprised if it's close. Now, I'd be more surprised if it, Clemson is blowing them out. You know, now, I'd say Clemson probably leading the first quarter somewhere along the lines of 7 to 10 nothing, mm-hmm. just because uh, Syracuse offense putting up 24 and 20 points respectively against – Teams that we didn't think had great defenses right. coming into this season, so uh, you know, and, and until their quarterback really shows me something, I, I don't believe that he's going to be able to keep it close. I think if anything keeps it close, it's their defense, for, for sure. 
the same defense that just got scored yeah, on. I, yes, I know. I know what you're saying. But honestly, I'm saying I'm saying that's what they have to do. I know they just gave up 63 to Maryland. But I'm saying I'm saying their defense is going to be the one. If they're going to stay in the game, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. They're off. I'm saying their offense has looked not, not so great. Putting up 24 and 20 points, one against the, uh, and ultimately being an inferior opponent, and then Maryland a Big Ten, ten school that ended up dropping 63 on you. That defense yeah. has got to be better. Yeah. That defense needs to get after Lawrence. Like they need to get after the quarterback like they've done the last two years. They didn't get after the quarterback three years ago when they took on Deshaun Watson in Death Valley and got clobbered fifty-four to nothing. If they don't do that, we could be looking at something similar. And in this time, doing it at their place yeah. again, I don't think that happens. I definitely won't be fifty-four to nothing like it was three years ago. But I, I think Clemson ultimately pulls away. Okay. So. All right, well, that's it for college football. That's it. That wraps up college football. Now let's get into a little NFL action. What, what were your big or slash key takeaways from week one of the NFL season? Yeah, so week one, uh, I think I was – it started out with a shocker on Thursday night, a 10-3 to game, a Green Bay versus Chicago. Couldn't believe how – How bad the game was? How bad the game was. Um, yeah. Aaron Jones was the game's rushing leader. He didn't even make it to 40 yards. Mm-hmm. And Mitchell Trubisky, as bad as he played, was the game's passing leader. He had 228 Jeez. yards. And the only touchdown of the game was literally a jump ball to Jimmy Graham. That was just – he was so much bigger than the defender. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just an ugly game. And that drive was really the only drive that looked good from either mm-hmm. team. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of going on social media talking about how bad that game was. Yeah. Game, just it was very lackluster. Yeah. Meanwhile, the once Sunday came, it was quite the opposite. Yeah, it was, Sunday was pretty fun. We had I mean, we had defensive scores all over the place, lots of forced turnovers. We had massive plays going on all over the place. Nothing, you know, mm-hmm. nothing less than uh, Tennessee and Cleveland. I mean, that, I, what a shocker that was! Cleveland got beat down by thirty. And, and by Tennessee, I mean Tennessee, Cle- Cleveland. The whole storyline with Cleveland at losing at home, getting blown out at home. All right, yeah, we've heard that before. Yes, I get that this is a new look Cleveland. These are the Super Bowl contender mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns, according to some. Not me, but according to some. I would say Super Bowl, but, but playoffs, no doubt. Yeah, playoffs. Uh, some, are, some are calling them the AFC North favorites. And for them to lose to the Tennessee Titans, who really are probably the toilet of the AFC South uh, coming into this season. I mean, there were so many people, in, in regard to fantasy football anyway, there were some people that were saying, well, Tennessee's offense is just so bad. Stay away from all members of that offense on your fantasy team. Right. They put up 43 points. Now, some of that was, was defensive <laughs> scoring. Right, yeah. But they still put up 43 points. I mean, Derrick Henry had 84 yards on the ground and um, over 80 through the air, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Baker Mayfield, yeah, he threw 285 yards of touchdown, but threw three picks. Yeah. That's not going to win you any games whatsoever. No, no. And uh, someone might want to tell that to the Miami Dolphins as well, that throwing <laughs> picks and having no oh, offense isn't going to get you anywhere. 10 to 59 defeated the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens really – Stopped playing in the third quarter. Yeah, like literally, then they were in the red zone when the game ended too. They they yeah. were about to put up sixty, I believe, since the first first time NFL you know six put up NFL since the Saints did it to the Colts about eight or so years ago on Sunday Night Football. I mean, really that recent, huh? I, it, it was it's eight to ten years ago, wow. somewhere in that range. It hasn't happened. Yeah. It wasn't too long ago. But yeah, Lamar Jackson looked amazing, seventeen of twenty for three hundred twenty-four yards yeah. and five touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Quick little story. You throw this in there. Yeah, our fantasy league, one of our friends benched him for Jameis Winston. Who and, and who Jameis Winston obviously sucked. Uh, the game was in Tampa Bay, and the Buccaneers lost 70-31 to against the Niners. And the Niners are not a good football team. Make no mistake, Jimmy G is not where he was before the injury last year by any means. Yeah, he only had 166 yards passing, a touchdowns and a pick. And Winston had 194 yards and a touchdown and three picks. Well, that's because that's because that, that's nothing changed. That's no, nothing. That, yeah, that's te- that's classic Jameis Winston. He is not a good quarterback. We need to stop acting like Jameis Winston is just going to put up 500 yards through the air, get you a few touchdowns, and throw a few picks. And fantasy wise, you'll be okay. No, Jameis Winston is not that. He's not a top ten quarterback each and every week. Definitely not after this last week. But now, but we got to keep in mind his top target, Mike Evans. Yeah, I found that out because that's my wide receiver in fantasy. He was dealing with an illness. So his top target, he only had five targets and actually had to take himself out of the game at times. So, again, hopefully this Thursday night, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this here in a little bit. Sure. <laughs> but we'll look a little bit better against the Panthers in week two. Well, but what, he's, this man's got O.J. Howard. He's got Chris Godwin. I mean, he's got other weapons around him that, that other teams would love to have. 
mm-hmm. that other quarterbacks would be able to use. Agreed. I mean, look at look at a guy like Tom Brady. Tom, you think Tom Brady's? Oh, I don't have Mike Evans. No, Tom Brady's going to go out there and pass to whoever needs a pass to. Oh, but to be fair, he just got Tom Tony Brown, which it may, he may or may not, because of the sexual allegations, sure, come out against him. But yeah, you know, well, still, but not a problem. He'll just toss two touchdowns to Philip Dorsett. <laughs> yeah, for real, all those weapons, and you throw two touchdowns to Philip Dorsett. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Antonio Brown, I'm watching that game. This is the for the first time in my career. I'm thinking, you know what? This team does not need me. I better shape up for real. <laughs> for real, man. All right, you got some other scores from the league? Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, the Indianapolis Colts at Los Angeles Chargers. Now that was an insane game. We already talked earlier about Adam Vinatieri. Of course, the game went to overtime. Jacoby Brissett did very well. Did very well. Impressed me for sure. Gets that <clears throat> that Chargers defense. Looked very good. Very, very he, good. He did look very good. Um, he had an insane completion percentage that game. Not to mention the other weapons that were around him also were able to perform. Yeah. So, Jacoby Brissett, he was yeah, 21 of 27 for 190 yards and two touchdowns. The yardage is not super impressive, but this man is completing passes. But see, that's all he's got to do. <clears throat> right. Because Marlon Mack, if he can get, if Brissett can just complete enough passes, he'll give Marlon Mack a chance. And as Mack went off for 25 carries for 174 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. I mean, all Brissett has to do is go, you know, if he can do 21-27, the Colts are going to win a lot of games. Yeah. And he doesn't even know what to throw for 300 yards. He can just throw for 200 because yeah. Marlon Mack and the rest of the Colts running backs are going to take care of it. Well, and, and even even more than that, they showed a tremendous amount of grit during that game. So they were down 24-9 to nine, uh, about midway through the third quarter. They got two touchdowns, their second touchdown to tie up the game came with 38 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and they had to get the two-point conversion. Brissett showed, hey, this he can actually be pretty clutch. He can be. Yes, they lost Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck wasn't playing around, and the Colts the Colts front office wasn't playing around when they said, hey, we believe in this guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, we, That's why they gave him a two-year extension. Yeah, they, they said, yes, Maybe we, we hate to lose Andrew Luck, but we believe in this guy, and it showed. Um, elsewhere in the league, the Jacksonville Jaguars completely imploded against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes just went off. Uh, 378 yards. Sammy Watkins caught 198 of those. That was a surprise. That was was a big surprise. That helped when Tyreek Hill went out. And he's going to miss a few weeks with that short. Well, and he ended up catching uh, three touchdowns to Sammy Watkins. Yeah, big day for sure. sure. And don't let that score on fool you. Kansas City won 40-26, but that game was not that close at all. (laughs) Especially once Nick Foles was knocked out of the game with with a broken clavicle. Yeah. That right there, Minshew came in and did a good job. He did a good job for you know, you know being thrust into action, and I believe he's got a shot. You know, now he's got you know Joshua Dobbs now that they traded the, to the uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I I really believe because you know he threw for two hundred seventy five yards. Minshew did twenty two yeah. to twenty five. Yeah. Now, granted, he will not have the luxury of going up against the Kansas City defense each week. That's, That's not true. a good defense. That's a terrible defense. Oh no, it's not a good defense. It's a good front, but mm-hmm. overall defense, no. Yeah, you know, and that they go to Houston next week. Oh, do they really? I, mm-hmm. I say Houston rolls them in that one. Unfortunately for Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. Houston did look good in Monday night. Speaking of that game, yeah, yeah, the uh, Houston Texans ended up losing twenty-eight to thirty against the New Orleans Saints in a game that New Orleans kicked a game-winning field goal to actually take the game right out from underneath Houston's nose. I could not believe that. I I, I looked at it and was like, all right, Houston. Once they threw that Bills thirty-yard touchdown to Kenny Stills, I was like, all right, Houston. I bet they're going to win at this point. But, man, I should, should not have done Drew Brees like that. And I, He doesn't no. need much time at all. Got down the field and will give to Will Lutz for 58-yard field goal. And that yeah. man's got a cannon of a leg and drilled a 58-yarder. Yeah, he does. And uh, the Saints, really, for much of the game, for the entire like mid, middle of the game, the middle third of the game, mm-hmm. it looked like the Houston Texans were actually probably going to just take that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints fought back. They had a tremendous second half. They scored 27 of their 30 points in the second half. Wow. Um, and their players, all of their players performed. So you got, I mean, you got Taysom Hill, who's catching a touchdown pass from Drew Brees. Dude's a running back, quarterback, and receiver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you got Latavius Murray, who's rushing for uh, a big touchdown rush, about 30 yards. Uh, Traquan Smith is catching a touchdown pass. I mean, this team has got weapons all over, and all—I didn't even mention Alvin Kamara, who had 13 carries for 97 yards. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention Michael Thomas, who had 10 catches for 123 yards, and Drew Brees, of course. I don't need to mention Drew Brees; you already know he performed. But 370 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a pick, um, 
but 370 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Drew Brees, like Tom Brady, is just timeless. Right, and again, the, the, the inability for the Texans to kind of protect Watson. That man got hit around and tossed around like a rag doll at times against them, against the Saints. You know, they acquired Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. Again, and he he looked good from what I could from what I could see, but again, still the inability to protect him. Watson doesn't have much time back there to throw the football, you know. And and for them, I feel like a big addition for them is Will Fuller. Yeah, I feel like he needs to become a little bit more involved because when he's involved, Hopkins is wide open. Yeah, I remember last year whenever Fuller played and got meaningful yards and care and, and catches, Hopkins would go off because that would take away a man from him. You know, have to put him on Fuller. Yeah, I, it just it would open him up. And I saw you saw a little bit last night as Hopkins went for eight catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Well, and, and another thing to remember too on the offensive line, the Texans brought in some new pieces. Mm-hmm. So it might just That's take. And the, and the Saints are a good team. They're they're not the bad defense that they were uh, a few years ago. This is actually a very good defense. It is very and, Lattimore, yeah. Apple back there. Yeah, Cameron Jordan up at the front, defensive end up right step up up there in the line. So it might just take this offensive line a few games just to get used to each other. And I think mm-hmm. by midseason, the Texans should be a really strong team. Um, and suddenly, the AFC South looks really interesting. Now, who do you who do you think comes out of the AFC South? I'm I'm gonna go for Texans. I'm Texans. Go for Texans. Uh, but I don't. You definitely can't write off the Colts. Um, you can't write off the Titans either. The Jags, I'm going to safely write off for now. Maybe things will change later. But I just I don't see the Jags challenging for the division title right now. But uh, yeah, I think Tennessee and uh, Indianapolis play week two, so it'll be a really good indication of where those two teams are at. I'm very excited for that matchup. As am I. And um, the last game to wrap up week one, uh, we're going to go with the L.A. Rams. Traveling to Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, and take on the Carolina Panthers. The Rams ended up winning 30 to 27 in a game that they really dominated the first half, but it was a tale of two halves. The second half, they nearly let their lead slip away, even though they they still played well. As as dominant as the Rams were in the first half, mainly because the Panthers kept shooting themselves in the foot, it wasn't so much that the Rams just completely outplayed Carolina because they did not. Uh, it truly was a very even game, but Carolina just kept they were turn, they stupid turnovers. Mm-hmm. First drive of the game, they're going down the field. They're marching down the field. DJ Moore fumbles the football again. I mean, some things never change. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to make plays and keep these miscues, man. It, it's not going to help you beat a team that just went to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there were there were multiple instances where Cam overthrew guys or just flat out missed guys that were wide open. He got sacked three times for a total loss of 23 yards. His mm-hmm. QB rating was 17. Uh, I'm sorry, his QB rating was 72.2. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. That's, that's not, not good against enough. the LA Rams. It's 239 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. You know, and overall, that pick was bad. That pick cost them the game. Yes, or, it did. I, I shouldn't say that. There were many things that cost them the game. Yes, but, but it was pick, one of the key factors yeah. that led into it. For that definitely late for sure. fourth quarter interception really solidified. I think that's when then the Panthers knew, hey, we cost ourselves this game. Yeah, if there is a bright side, it's Christian McCaffrey though. Man, 19 carries, 128 yards, two touchdowns, and then 10 catches for 81 yards. He was the leading rusher and receiver. I mean, See, I mean, did North Turner – I mean, I know Cam Newton said this, but he's kind of right. You know, jokingly said, I bet North Turner had Christian McCaffrey on fantasy. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the dude had himself on a day. Well, I'm going to argue that that's not a silver lining. Come. I think if, if you're the Panthers, you want to see – other guys stepping up. You don't want to have Christian, Christian McCaffrey. He had 29 touches. That's just touches. He, I mean, he played pretty much every snap, uh, with the exception of that one touchdown rush by Alex Arma right uh, down by the goal line. It was just a one-yard rush. Right. But Christian McCaffrey was playing over 90% of all snaps, and he had 29 touches and amassed over 200 yards. No one else on this team, no one else on this team is stepping up. If anyone else had, the Panthers would have won this game. Correct. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, that ends the recap for week one, and we'll pick it right there with the Panthers uh, to start the week two selections as they take on the Buccaneers Thursday night. Panthers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I believe that's about right. I believe Winston struggles again. I think he's going to do a little bit better because I think he's going to have Mike Evans back to somewhat of what he, what he was you know, last year and the years before when he was absolute beast. But uh, then again, I, I still think 
the Panthers are going to win because the Buc- the Buccaneers' defense still isn't great. You know, they had the pick six last week. They ended up helping them. But overall, I, I, I think, say the Panthers win and cover. Yeah, I'm going to say the Panthers do win. Uh, the game is at, is at Bank of America again uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I cannot, I cannot imagine a game where the Buccaneers – yes, I know they have Bruce Arians, but I think he needs more time before he turns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – into an actually good team. And they have a lot of really good personnel. They do. But they have a really bad guy leading the charge offensively, a guy that's going to give you at least three turnovers a game. You can't oh, for sure. that. Definitely a guy that's been turnover pro throughout his entire career. Yeah, his play is totally erratic. They have to move on from Jameis Winston if they're to become successful. They've been kind of close over the last few years at times, mm-hmm. but they've never made it. And their loss to San Francisco just confirms my mm-hmm. thought. This team will not beat the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. And, in fact, I'm going to go as far as to say I don't think they'll be able to beat the Panthers when they play in London later. They don't even have the, the advantage of having a home field when they play. That Their home game is in London. Yeah, it's overseas. It's not really a home game. No, not, so. not a home game at all. But because, because of the Glazer family, it's going to be over in London mm-hmm. because their ties over to England. The Glazers, of course, own uh, Manchester United right? as well. So. Um, yeah, the Buccaneers have a lot of work to do before they can compete in this league. Right now, the only team that I would feel confident in picking them against is the Miami Dolphins. And I'm not I mean, extremely I mean, confident even then. Miami may go 0-16 this year so <laughs> with the way they played. I would have. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't even imagine their game against the New England Patriots after what the Patriots did to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Right. So, yeah, that's Thursday night game. We both have Panthers winning comfortably by about – you know, double digits, yeah. per se. Yeah. You may you may even go 20. I don't know. but No, I'm not going to go that not far. Not going to quite know that far. No, okay. Because I'm not a believer in Cam Newton. Uh, fair. Yeah, did not yeah, did not look great at all at times. No. I'm going to say they win uh, between 10 and 15 points. Okay. Fair. All right. I, I, say, I say they win in a little bit of a higher score, about 38-28. Okay. Um, you know, roll through quickly to these. San Francisco, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati takes that. Andy Dalton, you know, threw 400 yards last week. Yeah, I totally agree, which is why I'm surprised to see that many people are backing San Francisco as actually the favorite. Yeah, and like, I don't know how that's possible. Now, before, yeah, the line is um, Cincinnati minus two. And, minus two. Yeah. So, and, I, I, and Cincinnati's at home, so there's I just don't – Yeah, and Cincinnati any. actually probably deserved to be one and up. They played better. They outplayed the Seahawks all game. Correct. For sure. um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Andy Dalton, in my opinion, looked way better than Russell we- uh, Wilson did. Yeah. And just can they uh, finish it? And I, I only picking them for this reason. Early in the season, they did this last year. You know, they look great in the beginning of the season. In the first four or five games of the season, they look great. They look like world beaters. But then after that, they fall off. So, but this is week two, and I think that you know they're in their kind of hot span right now. And Andy Dalton, I believe, can continue his little hot streak going. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm picking Cincinnati in that one. Then we have the Chargers visiting the Detroit Lions. I am going to go with the Chargers. Uh, yeah. Even though it is in Detroit. And the Chargers had a little bit of a disappointment, even though they won. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't have taken overtime to defeat the Colts and Jacoby Brissett. Um, but I, I think they get it done against the, the Lions, who were coming off a tie last week against uh, Kyler Murray. And the they, really, they really blew that one, too. They, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they blew that one with a that all faded away huge in one lead. Quarter. And then yeah. fourth quarter, Murray throws for 200 yards in one quarter yeah. and ends up in a tie. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to also take the Chargers there. Um, they, they should win. They should win fairly comfortably as well. Oh, yeah. Next, we have Minnesota Green Bay. Who do you like in that one? So this is a tough one. Uh, it's at Green Bay. So you never, you, I, I don't like picking against the Green Bay Packers when it's in Green Bay, especially in an NFC North game. But based on what I've seen over the last few weeks, uh, one, Green Bay's defense looks way, way improved from last season. But their offense just looks abysmal. Yet again, they were going against the Chicago Bears defense in week one. Um, but even so, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go Green Bay by only three. See, I'm gonna go Minnesota. You know, I, I know it's in Cheesehead Land. I know everything about that. And Green Bay's three point favorite. I think that's a good line, but I, I a fair line, I should say. But I, I think way Minnesota played last last week against uh, Atlanta Falcons. It very it impressed me a great deal. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins, you know, didn't throw for a whole lot of yards last week. 
But, he, but he, was, yeah, he didn't have to. He was very efficient. Dalvin Cook went off. Dalvin Cook had himself a day. Yeah. And even even their backup, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, at over 50 yards. Yeah, that, that, yeah, they were able to run right down Lamb's throat. Yeah. But um, and I just think they'll be able to get a little bit more of Kirk Cousins this week. And I think overall, I think Dalvin Cook continues going down the right trail that he's going on. And I, I think the Vikings take this one. Okay. You pull this one out on the road. Remember, this, you mentioned this one earlier. Uh, the Colts of Indianapolis and the Titans of, Tennis, of Tennessee. Titans coming off that impressive and emphatic 30-point blowout of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Do we see them besting the 0-1 Colts? No, as a matter of fact, I don't. I'm taking Indianapolis. Okay. I'm a believer in Marlon Mack or, or more of a, a, a set kind of thing? Both. I'm a, well, I'm a big Take believer both. in this team. I'm a big believer in the team and the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, they build a great team. Great offensive yeah. line, great defense to build around Andrew Luck before he yeah. ended up retiring. So now all they need, honestly, is Percet to play adequate. Not yeah. even really good, just adequate. Do what he did last week. You know, not a whole lot of incompletions. Only six incompletions the entire game, 21 right. of 27. And against, very against a secondary that's viewed as one of the better secondaries in the league, by the way. That's very true. Um, yeah, I, I think that the Colts have a point to prove. And Tennessee just – they haven't struck me as one of those teams that can consistently be good. Agreed. Yeah, and I'm going to – I, I'm gonna go with the Colts just because like Tennessee usually does. You know, something about them playing at home. Yeah, they, they, they when they play at home, they just they, they just blow it. They, yeah. they blow it and they just don't play as well. And so give me the Colts win that one by final score of nineteen to seventeen. Uh, next up, oh, you ready for this one? Oh, I'm ready. Oh boy, this is gonna be a great game. Okay, the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to say the New England Patriots only win this game by 30 points. Ooh, that's, that's, that's generous. I think Miami's going to show up in this robbery game, make it as close as they possibly can. They're going to pour everything out in the field and only fall short by about 30. <laughs> oh, man, you, you sure that's not by halftime? No, no, no. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's by full time. I also think that New England – Bill Belichick's not a guy that messes around. He's not worried about the stat sheets. He, I think they're going to go out there. I think by the second half, his backups are going to be getting valuable playing time. Yeah, we definitely could see Jarrett Stidham coming in for the Patriots very yeah. early in this game. Yes. By NFL standards. I mean, just I just want to see – interesting. Will New England win by more than 30? We have both have a good friend of ours that's a Patriots fan that says, no matter what, Miami always plays as close. I'm like, dude, this is a different Miami team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it's, like, it's like with the Clemson-Syracuse. No matter what, this is a different Syracuse mm-hmm. team. Yeah, but I don't see it happening this week. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Not with that Miami team. Um, the Buffalo Bills, the 1-0 Buffalo Bills, by the way, came back from a 16-0 deficit yep. upset. The um, Le'Veon Bell and the New England Jets. Uh, excuse me, the New York Jets. Keep yep. pardon me. Yep. Uh, 17 to 16. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills in this one. I Over think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a very close game. These are two teams that I rate pretty poorly, but I think the Buffalo Bills have enough in the tank to pull it off. I'm going to go with the Giants. I think Barkley goes off for over 150 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Uh, Le'Veon Bell didn't have a, a great, a decent game running the football, had about had a 60 yards rushing, but didn't have a receiving touchdown. And I just think Barkley's going to go off. Because in order for them to win, I think he's got to go off. Yeah. And I, I just think being you know, uh, at MetLife Stadium, I think the Giants take this one over Buffalo, yeah, even though Buffalo is a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Yeah. Next, we have Seattle and Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The Seahawks' defense, while they won, they beat the Bengals 22-21. They did not look good against against the Bengals. Andy Dalton throwing for over 420 yards. No, they did not. Um, And I don't see Pittsburgh following up their week one blowout loss with another loss. I just can't – I cannot even fathom that happening. I'm going Pittsburgh. All right, give me just real quick before we move on. Juju Smith-Schuster, over or under 120 yards receiving for this one? Under. Under? Really? What do you say? I say that he has closer to 80. Really? Yeah. Against that Seattle defense? I do. Interesting, interesting. I say, I say probably 20 yards. Over. I think they're going to have a lot more success running the football. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah James Conner could have a good day, but then again, man, I'm telling you, they give up 400-something yards, Big Ben's going to have himself a field day back. Well, I would especially first game at home. The the problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers is I don't think I don't think that their um, the rest of the receivers on their depth chart are as good as they thought mm-hmm. coming into this one because Juju was able to excel with AB. 
We all know that. We all know that Juju is actually a very good receiver. I think he's extremely talented. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. He's a, he's definitely a top ten receiver in the league, possibly a possibly top five, uh, but definitely a top ten receiver in the league. But I don't think that the other receivers that they have on the roster are going to be enough. I think Seattle will be able to just shut down Juju, and they um, that's all they have to worry about in the secondary. Sure. I don't know. I think James Washington can again help Juju out there, mm-hmm. but he's got to play a little bit, but a lot better than what he did doing. Well, yeah, everyone in that team's got to play a lot better. Oh yeah, it starts. Oh, it starts with Big Ben. Yeah, yeah. Big Ben looked atrocious. But again, I'm telling you that that Patriots defense is really good. Yeah. So like, don't just say. I, yeah, a lot of it had to do with the fact that the Patriots defense is amazing. Yeah. So don't don't let that distract you. Yeah. We're, so now we'll run through these real quick. Dallas, Washington. I have Dallas. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take the Dallas Cowboys as well. Okay. Arizona and Baltimore. Baltimore. Right? At home, I'm gonna take Baltimore. I think it's a close one though. Twenty three twenty. Jacksonville goes to Houston. Houston nine point favorite. Yeah, Houston. Houston all the way. Ooh, now this one, I, you know, I I, I kind of like the underdog here. Kansas City and the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, Kansas City, but I think it's closer than many people realize. I think Oakland pulls it out. Really, thirty-one twenty-eight. I'm calling it. I, no way. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm saying they look good. Jacobs looked good, good at the running back for uh, Oakland. Carl yeah. played pretty well. Um, Tyrell Williams, you know, looks like a uh, number one receiver. Then again, that may just be because they played the Broncos. But I, I, I like Oakland. I think they come together with the fact that now, yeah, yeah. The witch is dead. You know, Antonio Brown, Brown's out of there. Yeah. They no longer have to deal with any distractions. And I, I think they're just going to play to have fun. And I think they pull it out, since, especially since it's in Oakland. So, and then the Bears go to the Broncos. So Chicago's a two-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going to go – man, that one's uh, – I think I'm going to go with Chicago in that one. Both those teams look really ugly in week one, but – I really don't like the Broncos at all. I don't either. I'm going with the Bears. I, I think that two and a half is too generous towards the Broncos. Yeah. And I think the Bears go into Denver in, at mile high and come away with a victory. And I'd say about, by about 13. Okay. And the Saints go to the Rams, a rematch of the NFC Championship game, just in a different site. Yeah, I'm going to go to the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints, I'm going to take the Rams. I think the and I think the Rams win by somewhere in a range of thirty-eight to thirty-five. Okay. A lot more high-scoring game out there in Los Angeles. Uh, the Eagles travel to the Falcons Sunday Night Football. Philadelphia is a one and a half point favorite. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles in that one. I think they win that game by double digits. Interesting. I I, I still believe Matty Ice can pull out a win at at home, because quite frankly he has to. Yeah, he has to. It, um, he made some key mistakes in that game. Two picks, and one one at the one yard line, I believe it was against the Vikings, and it just it was awful. Just poor decision making, and I just like the Falcons. And did you know they have a good shot this year to, to really do something? Because you know it, I believe it's late until like late October that they actually play their first game outside. They play a lot of their games indoors, so it's a prime opportunity for Matt Ryan to you know, pad his stats and to lead his team to victory. So I, I, I think the, the Falcons, honestly, if this any year to get back there, I think this is the year. Okay. Because it just sets everything up for Matty Ice and for them to, to win, but they have to go out there and take it. They can't. Their defense wasn't great. They got gashed on the run by Dalvin Cook and. Backup. Who did you say his backup was again? Al, uh, Alexander Madison. And Madison. Thank you. Uh, you know, just did not look you know, great against them. And, but they're going to have to bounce back this week. And I, th- I think they do. I think they do in a close one, 28-27. And then Monday Night Football. The Browns looking, looking for a little redemption you know, as they travel to MetLife to take on the New York Jets. I'm, I'm going to say, oh, man, I'm going to say the Browns. Yeah, I'm going to say the Browns as well. So I, I, I think Le'Veon Bell has a great game. I, I think he does good. Yeah. Um, I think he goes somewhere along the line, eighty yards, two touchdowns. I think Mayfield bounces back. He won't throw. He's not going to throw three picks again. Yeah. And I think he ends up throwing about three touchdowns actually. So I believe uh, so probably one to Odell and one to Landry, and, and, and another one to Njoku. I, 
So I, I, I really do think that the, the Browns go into New York yeah, as a two-and-a-half-point favorite and I believe win by somewhere along about a touchdown. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to wrap up the show for uh, this week. You know, I'll be posting about our picks later on the social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you guys for tuning in to this week's podcast on Anchor and on Spotify. Make sure you guys go follow the Timothy Hilton Sports Show on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, James, it's been a pleasure, man. It was a very fun show. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, hope to see you all next week. Yeah, look forward to it. We'll be back next week. Show will come out most likely Thursday morning as we'll break down of what happened the previous week and as well as a preview of what's to come on the following weeks for college football and NFL. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. Peace out.